are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Friday, everyone. Thanks for listening to Locked On Wildcats podcast. Thanks for making it your first listen of the day. We know that you are a very loyal fan base out there. We appreciate you. All right, with John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Arizona's historic season comes to a uh, screeching halt last night. Um, here's where we go. First, uh, let's let's talk about because it goes without saying that this was this season. And if you don't believe this, you're an idiot. But this season was an A plus by any any metric whatever you want to say. So we're going to get into all the positives. We've got all summer to talk about the positives. We need to talk a little bit about the negatives right here. The one thing about this game that uh, I think you came away, and Lloyd's a smart guy, and he'll he'll figure this out. The, the lack of, and it's weird saying this, but the lack of quickness at certain positions on Arizona I thought was somewhat glaring against Houston. And uh, it, it will be one of the uh, interesting things to pay attention to how Lloyd addresses mm-hmm. that. Uh, in the off season, and uh, you know, it, it, it is—it's one of those things we're all very aware of it uh, by now. Every team at the end of the year writes an epitaph. Right. Only one of right. them enjoys it. Right. Uh, and and uh, Arizona was uh, victimized by a team right. that played better and had matchup issues that uh, caused them problems and made just enough shots. Right. Uh, so, yeah, there, there were some—Arizona was exploited in some areas where that was— a concern and a possibility that it mm-hmm. could occur. Right. One of the things we talked about uh, on last week's podcast was the possibility, the optim- in retrospect, the optimistic possibility that TCU could prepare Arizona for what they were going to see against Houston. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it did, but the reality was that right. Houston, which was going to do this anyway, realized that, man, if TCU can have that kind of effect, we can be better at it. Right. And they sure. were. Yeah. And, and and it was an interesting game in that, I think at one point it was something like 9-3. to three, Right. And, and there were signs, even at 9-3, to three, there were signs that Arizona was fine. I like that Tabellus was more engaged, and there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of discussion about Tabellus. But after it got to 9-3, to three, that was pretty much the whole game. Everything about that game was basically a six-point margin. Uh, and at the end, it extended a little bit. But, you know, with four minutes left, Arizona had the ball in possession and chance to cut it to three or four and could have uh, maybe turned the dynamic a little bit and pulled out another one late. But, yeah, is that something that Lloyd will address? I think so. But keep in mind, and I know you're aware of this and a lot of the listeners are aware of this as well, a lot of what he had on the roster was at the whim of a previous administration. Mm-hmm. The previous administration did a phenomenal job Mm -hmm. uh, to provide a starting five that Lloyd was able to build upon. Lloyd did a very good job uh, basically recruiting a bench, and that team was rightfully a number one seed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and you're right, there there was an A+. But are there issues that, uh, you know, Arizona needs to address? Sure. Uh, We'll find out uh, in the uh, weeks and months and maybe years ahead how well those ultimately are addressed. All right. So uh, let's... well, we're going we're to have a lot of time to talk about Azulis Tabellas. But uh, let's talk with Kirk, about Kirk Risa. It's hard to really judge him because you could tell he wasn't right. Um, the only thing I will say is that I think even if he was healthy, he was going to have problems in this game right here because we've seen it throughout the regular season. Again, the one thing that you and I both like about him is that he's a gamer. 
you can tell that, you know what, we talk about it all the time. If he's one of 13, you still feel that those next two shots and a big shot could go in. That was not the Kirk Carissa that we saw out there. But either way, he was going to have a hard time because these guards, physical athletic guards, gave him problems pretty much all season, whether that was UCLA, whether that was Washington. And that was only example, or excuse me, uh, exasperated by about 30 times uh, Houston. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that was an area, uh, if you wanted a way to try to scout Arizona, the Cats play, played very good defense. They played better defense in the regular season than they did in tournament play. Uh, but they still played, you know, re, they still played well enough to win. Houston scored 72 points. Mm. That's enough for Arizona to win basketball games. Mm. Uh, so, but if you're going to attack Arizona, one of the things you're going to do is try to look for the liability and Carissa uh, defensively is that liability. You're right. He's a gamer. I think the offense, generally speaking, flows better right. when he's on the floor. Mm. Those are positive things. And he did everything he could to be functional right. uh, when the ankle was probably worse than when we realized the ankle was probably yeah. worse than than he, right. let on, he let on, which to his credit is 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 awesome. But when he left, you could see there was a bit of a trickle down where Arizona wasn't as didn't flow as well on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. Kyer is a good backup who was helpful for Arizona on this roster. But there's a point of diminishing returns. Right. And if he's in the game for a longer period of time, those eventually occur. It's not Kyer's fault. Um, that, it's just, that, that's just the reality of how it is. And then, you're, and then Larson, who's very versatile, is kind of out of position a little bit. The offense worked well, a little bit better when Creasa was on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and, and with him not as functional, that was a problem. But teams like TCU, teams like Houston – have the personnel that can take advantage right. of someone of his of uh, as much of a gamer as he is mm-hmm. he's got a skill set that can be taken advantage of right and i think that's something that uh, you got to look at one one's one entity that has a skill set that can be taken advantage of is the built bar all right now built bar you might be saying you know what do you guys consume built bar duh john schuster give you an idea john schuster is a big fan of diet coke you know what he also is a big fan of? The Built Bar. I have not seen John Schuster do this, but if John Schuster could liquefy mm-hmm. Built Bar into something like it was Diet Coke, oh, yeah. I believe that there's an oppor- I believe there's an opportunity there for Built Bar to even expand its brand. If you had liquid. Built Bar with a little phenylalanine, which is always an excellent mm-hmm. idea um, in, in, in terms of your health quotient, and you start marketing the diet version of the Blueberry Muffin Built Bar? Game. Game. Game over. Uh-huh. Game over. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's really all there is to it. Let's take a quick break. Thanks for listening to Locked On Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, now let's talk to Julius Tabellis. Um, you know, you, you want to be careful here because you don't want to beat either 20-year-old kid, you know. Um, but, you know, it, you know, when you're a beer public figure, I mean, Julius Tabellis, is, he shrunk in the moment. Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, and this is a... I heard something in last night's radio broadcast in the post-game show driving home that I didn't think I... No way. Insight? Uh, no, 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 not, not from not, not the post-game, the, 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 the network show with Brian Jeffries. Mm. Okay, okay. Jeffries does a phenomenal job and has for now almost 40 years as the voice of the Wildcats of tempering disappointment when disappointment is there and figuring out a way to be as optimistic as possible about a given situation. 
and he told Ryan Hansen to Bellis has to get tougher next season. I was like, wow. I mean, Brian? Yeah. Right. And now, now, you may be listening out there and saying, well, duh. And, and, and you're right. Well, duh. I was just surprised to hear Jeffrey say it. Yeah. That's not, that, that's not something I'm accustomed to. So I'm guessing, this is just a guess, because Jeffries has direct lines of contact with mm-hmm. uh, the coaching staff. The coaching staff has probably said this as well, and that is something that needs to be addressed in the offseason. Whether he's able to do it or not uh, remains to be seen. This was a frustrating tournament for Tabellas. Again, all of that said, um, you know, we'll see if he's up to that challenge. Again, yes, he's a 20-year-old guy, but the reality is this is a performance-based business. Mm-hmm. And this is and, and and when you get to the next level, whatever the next level is for you, that's a performance-based right. business. If you wilt in the moment, you're not going to have a job. Right. Um, so 20 years old or not, um, hopefully this is a learning experience. He he can settle in the offseason and figure out ways to utilize an excellent skill set. Which he has. Which he has. Uh, and and there, there are a lot of things he does very well. We've talked about them on the podcast. Thing. His ability to run the floor is great. Mm-hmm. So when Arizona gets into an up-tempo style, he can cause all kinds of problems for big guys who are defending him because he gets down the floor faster. Around, if you don't defend his left hand, he'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so he's got, he has a very good skill set, and I was pleased to see that Lloyd made a concerted effort to try to get him involved early. Unfortunately, it snowballed on him, and he became uh, a, a liability as the game progressed. And at one point in the second half, Arizona went small. The thing that and, was so crazy to me about his performance, though, is I can get, you know, you deal with guys missing shots. He was over mm-hmm. 9. It's that he couldn't hold on to the ball. Every time he drove to the basket, it you know it would fly out of his right. hands. Or that that was the part to me yeah. that was just and it super was like strange. half of it was Houston's fault, and the other half was Houston being in his head. Mm-hmm. Like and it started out early that first mm-hmm. play of the game yeah. where he should have just gone. Listen, I didn't uh, I didn't play high level basketball. I know that's a surprise to some, but you know what? It's true. You know we're modest in these parts. Um, but when you're a six foot ten player and nobody's in front of you. For a for a break, you don't look back. You dunk it, and you know what? You go up and you go up strong. He looked back. Even oddly, we've seen Tabellus do that exact play and do exactly what you said right. in the regular season. Not look back, just dunk it. Just go on the break and dunk it. And then he does the little you're too small hand thing going the other way, which is annoying as crap. But that that that's another By the thing way, entirely. Um, but in this one, there was a little. I think there was a little bit of psychological shell shock going on. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Houston's athleticism was something that he noticed. And and now he's had two. He, he's had two real um, critical examples of that now where in the regular season, if you have an off game and we saw him have an off game after the ankle, mm-hmm. there were about three, uh, there was about, about a three week period where we were wondering whether Lloyd was making the right decision, playing a guy who had a high ankle sprain that was clearly not at his best, right. but he worked his way through it and, you know, uh, got to a point where he was a very instrumental part. He, he was a critical part of Arizona's team because it gave Arizona the front line advantage that a lot of other right. teams don't have. When when he wasn't able to step up in the tournament, uh, that became a problem. And, and those are one and done games with a lot more on the line than if you lo- lose at UCLA. You lose at UCLA in January, you get to play three days from now. Right. You lose to Houston in the NCAA tournament, you ain't playing until November. Right. So, you know, knowing that that's on the line, hopefully it's something in the offseason that he'll improve upon, but no question 
That's going to be one of the major storylines, assuming that he returns, that Arizona's going to be, that, that fans and observers are going to be looking at. One thing I am very annoyed by, and we'll talk about this on the other side, but I am not annoyed by is Bet Online Sportsbook. All right. John Schuster and I were talking about the Bet Online Sportsbook. They have Houston now as the favorite to win it all. So, you know what? If you believe in the Houston Cougars, you should hop in there on the Bet Online Sportsbook. We'll be right back. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. You know one thing in sports that really annoys me, no matter who does it, is showing people up during games. It very much annoys me, and Tabellus, I think that I think this is a little bit of karma coming back at him. He really got in front of himself, the whole UCLA thing with the, you're too small for me, this and that nonsense. Dude, come on. Everybody's mortal at this point. You know, the the last thing he was going to be saying in that game yesterday, those Houston guys are a lot of more smaller than him, and, and certainly wasn't out there as well. What, I don't like that. What is the what is the fine line to that? Not I, and I don't know what it is because I know, for instance, you're an Eric Musselman guy. I am okay? an Eric Musselman. Musselman does this all the time. Mm-hmm. Musselman mouths off and talks trash as mu- as mu- much as any coach. You know what I like about college. Musselman, yes. and you know, eventually there there's a pretty decent chance that, to to there. their credit they keep winning, but. There's a there's a point in time where you can get humbled when that happens a, too. That is a great point. Here's the dis, here's the difference for me though. Is okay. Eric Musselman though, when things don't go right, when you watch Eric Musselman, he is the same dude a hundred percent of the time. When things don't go right, he's going to be the same exact guy. Tabellus was not that guy yesterday. That to me is the difference. If you're going to keep coming at me. You know, when things aren't going well, don't shrink in the corner when things are not going for you. Musselman's team can be down 15 or 20, and he's still going to be that foil. He's still going to be that guy that's swearing at you or making a dummy of himself. Whereas Tabellis didn't want any part of that talk after that. That, to me, is the difference. Are you okay with Matherin and Terry, who are also talkers? Yeah. You know, yes, I am. You want to know why? Here's the difference. Matherin didn't play well yesterday. You know, that I don't think that's a, a secret. Terry didn't either. But neither one of them, though, I felt shrunk. I thought they just didn't play well. Tabella's shrunk. That to me is a that to me is a big difference. To me, it's mentally Matherin just didn't, Matherin was still going balls to the wall all the way to the very end, trying to get and ones yeah. finishing. Terry, I mean, for you know Terry, I think scored the first seven of the game, and you know he was still going. Those guys didn't play well, but they kept. Tabellus had nothing to say. Tabellus was, you know. What about Creso? Creso annoys me. I'll be honest with you. I give Creso a lot of credit because of the gamer aspect that we talked about. But Creso was also one of seventeen in these last two games. I'm, I'm, but he was very respectful to the crowd after the fact. Mm-hmm. He was very congratulatory to Houston. Um, there are. Creesa is no, in, but I don't put Creesa. I'm sorry to interrupt. I don't put no, Creesa, no I don't put Creesa into Bellis's category in this because at least Creesa probably shouldn't have been out there. I mean, so I give him a lot of credit, a lot of stones for for just even being out there. There's just something about the Tabellus thing though that when you're talking all that junk and you're nowhere to really be found when things don't go well. He, I guarantee you he didn't open his mouth the entire, these entire last two games. Whereas a guy like Eric Musselman can't help himself but open his mouth during those those type of games, you know? That, to me, is a little bit of the uh, the situation here. You know what? We're going to do two, or we're going to do another one. We're going to give you a tournament breakdown of what we expect to see tonight. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats. <laughs> 